Hello, you're listening to the No Fucks Given podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Knight, author of the No Fucks Given Guides, a series of self-help books for people like me who hate being told what to do. Just like the books, the podcast is fun, sweary, and full of tips and techniques for giving fewer, better fucks and living your best life. Let's get to it. First of all, I want to thank you for tuning in, both the loyal subscribers from the beginning and my new listeners. I really appreciate you taking some time and energy out of your fuck budget to listen to the No Fucks Given podcast. We are in week 10, and we've covered so far the basics of giving and not giving a fuck, how to do that, mental decluttering, um, done a little deep dive for a few episodes into getting your shit together in areas like goal setting and time management. I've done two You Asked For It audio advice columns. Those happen once a month. And today, I want to move into another category of advice that I am known to give, and that is on anxiety. Now, I'm going to ask you to hold up before you close out of the podcast because you think you don't have anxiety. Um, Lots of people think that they don't have anxiety in the way that I do. For example, I have clinical, daily, ongoing anxiety. But everybody worries about stuff. And this year has been a real test of our capacity for worrying and, you know, the havoc that it wreaks on our lives. So even if you don't think you have anxiety, I bet that you are going to get something Out of this podcast, the main topic of which is what I call the one question to rule them all. So I'm going to go into detail on the one question to rule them all. I'm going to talk about worrying and the what ifs, these discrete day-to-day things that you might be worrying about, as well as just the bigger, badder stuff, you know, the stuff that is far-reaching and more serious and how you can manage all of them, hint, It's the same strategy for all of those worries. I'm going to talk about the Serenite shitstorm scale and your probometer for predicting the probability that your problem will occur, which is another way to manage your what-ifs. I'm going to touch on one of my favorite topics, prioritizing by urgency, in this case as it relates to not wasting your time, energy, and money on worrying about things you can't control. And I'm going to take it all back to the one question to rule them all. What is that question you ask? It is, can I control it? And if the answer is no, you have to let it go. I'm going to talk about how to do that as well as the four types of control that you might have over any given situation and how to exercise those. We are going to convert your what ifs into, okay, now what's using the NFG tip of the week. So listen to the end of the episode for that. And just know that regardless of how you identify on the scale of worrying and anxiety, the goal of this episode is to help you stop freaking out about shit you can't control and enable yourself to make rational decisions so that you can solve problems when they occur instead of making them worse. Does that sound like advice you think you can use? I thought so. Here we go. A few years ago now, I wrote a book called Calm the Fuck Down, and it was important to me that it spoke to everybody, not just those capital A anxious people like myself, but those with lowercase a anxiety too, you know, the situational stuff uh, that can really throw a wrench in your day, your week, your month, or even your year. Um, And, you know, this past year has certainly been full of that. So I'm getting a lot of reader mail about Calm the Fuck Down in pandemic year and starting to think that it's a message that could 
reach more people if I were to address it specifically on the No Fucks Given podcast. So I hope this episode will help you get a handle on your hangups, big or small, but it is also a complicated and extensive topic with a lot of nuance. So I'm going to focus on some important basics and some clear takeaways and practical tips this week. There's going to be some more as we go along in season one. And, you know, just as a reminder, I am not a doctor. I am not a licensed therapist. So all of this advice is from me to you based on what has worked for me over the last five or 10 years of my life that I've really been paying attention to and trying to actively manage my anxiety. And like I said, it works for the big picture stuff, but it also just works for the little shitstorms that life throws your way on any given day. And finally, in the spirit of transparency, I am not having an easy time of it either. Uh, In fact, last summer, I reached my lowest ever of some pretty fucking low points in the middle of this pandemic and over the course of my life. And it's, you know, challenging to be a public figure whose job is to help other people through the hard stuff and who needs to appear energetic and in command and put together while going through this stuff myself. So... I want to give you the best tip and related practices that have worked for me, and that is the one question to rule them all, can I control it? This is what I use to keep those worries in check and to keep those what-ifs from piling up and overwhelming me. So I'll come back to the one question to rule them all, but first, let's talk about worrying. Worrying has two meanings, right? It's fretting over your problems, stressing out, obsessing over them. But also, you're worrying them the way you would a loose thread on a sweater. You're pulling at it, you're picking at it, and all that worrying you're doing is only making it worse. Worrying is especially insidious when it comes to shit that hasn't even happened yet, these what-ifs. What if X happens? What if Y goes wrong? What if Z doesn't turn out like I want, need, or expect it to? And I'll move on later in the episode to shit that has already happened, you know, the real problems that you're definitely looking at. But for now, the what-ifs are the thing that we really need to control so that we can spend our time, energy, and money on the things that are really happening to us, not just the things that we're worried might happen. And there I go mentioning time, energy, and money again. People who've listened to the podcast so far will know that I refer to those as your fuck bucks, and spending them wisely is balancing your fuck budget. So for the purposes of our discussion about anxiety, I am going to go a step further and call time, energy, and money your freakout funds. These are the resources that you have available to you to deploy when something bad happens. And you don't want to waste them when something bad hasn't even happened yet. So please keep that in mind, and I'll be talking about both conserving them and converting them as we go along. And please note that it is all well and good to be prepared. I'm a planner. I'm a strategizer. You guys know this about me from listening to past episodes. Um, But I'm going to talk about When that worrying just becomes inefficient and unproductive, you know, when it's really not serving you in terms of shit that hasn't happened yet, Um, you know, you can game out scenarios for what happens if or what happens when, but if that thing is highly unlikely to happen in the first place, then that is a waste of your freakout funds. And coming up, I'm going to explain a little tool I invented that will help you stop worrying so goddamn much about shit that hasn't happened yet.
Okay, guys, so let's get rational and logical for a minute here. In Calm the Fuck Down, I came up with what I call the Serenite Shitstorm Scale. And this was based in the idea of the Saphir Simpson Hurricane Wind Scale that they use, meteorologists and weather people use, to predict the potential severity of a storm that's about to land. And I live in the Caribbean now, so I am intimately familiar with the hurricane categories one through five. Uh, But the important distinction, well, (laughs) there's obviously more than one distinction, but the distinction between that scale and the Serenite shitstorm scale is that mine is all about predicting the probability of the shitstorm occurring, not its severity. And that is partly because severity is subjective. The same shitstorm that happens to you might not be as big of a deal to you as if it happens to me. You know, maybe you uh, get laid off from your job and you're secretly thrilled because you fucking hated that job and you had no idea how you were going to motivate yourself to get out of it and now you're actually happy that somebody did it for you. And maybe it would happen to me and it would be the worst thing that ever happened to me. I'd be scrambling. I'd be freaking out. You know, as I said, severity is subjective. The Serenite shitstorm scale is all about predicting the probability of your problem occurring. And I call this using your probometer because I enjoy making stupid wordplay. So you whip out your probometer and you identify the shitstorm, the what if that you're worrying about on a scale of one through five, depending on whether it is highly unlikely to occur or if it is inevitable. And in case you're wondering, no, it did not escape me that this makes you your own weather person whether your problem is likely or not to occur. I will be here all week, guys. So here's the scale, categories one through five. Category one is highly unlikely to happen. Category two is possible, but still not likely. Category three is likely. Category four is highly likely. And category five is inevitable. You know it's coming. It's just a question of when. And speaking of when, this is where my favorite pastime prioritizing by urgency comes in. Is your shitstorm outlying? Is it far away? Is there still time for it to change course? Is your shitstorm imminent? You know it's coming and it's coming pretty soon. Or is it a total shitstorm? And in that case, it is shit that has happened already and we will get to that. But in terms of shit that hasn't happened yet, what ifs that you're worrying about Whip out your probometer and assign a category. One, highly unlikely. Two, possible but unlikely. Three, likely. Four, highly likely. And five, inevitable. And then ask yourself, what's your status? Prioritize by urgency. And I will add here that if you have categorized anything as a one or a two, I don't think you need to be even asking what the status is. You've already admitted to yourself that it is unlikely to happen. So why are you worrying about it now? Why spend those precious freakout funds worrying over a what if that you have honestly admitted to yourself is really unlikely to occur? You know, save that prioritizing by urgency for the things that are much more likely or inevitable to happen It's kind of like all of the tips I gave in a prior episode on turning your to-do list into your must-do list. You can push off that stuff that you don't have to worry about today until tomorrow or the future. And maybe 
you'll never worry about it because it really is so highly unlikely to happen. It's not going to happen, guys. And you have just saved yourself those freakout funds that up until now, you'd been spending willy-nilly worrying over shit that hasn't happened yet. Now, it might help you to conceptualize all of this to write it down. Maybe you can't do that now because you're listening in the car, uh, whatever. But later on tonight, you know, sometime later this week or this weekend, think about how you might be able to identify where you're spending these freakout funds, this time, energy, and money on what. Um, make a list of things that you're worried about, just the top five or ten things that come into your head. I actually did this in my book, Calm the Fuck Down, and I walked readers through 10 scenarios that I have been known to worry about. Um, I opened up my innermost ridiculous uh, thoughts and concerns and put them on the page for all of you to either laugh at or to nod your heads in understanding at. And then I categorized them. And I sorted through these 10 uh, what-if scenarios, and I was able to eliminate half of them when I admitted to myself that they were really ones and twos. They were category ones and twos, and there was no reason why I should be spending my time worrying about them. And then the rest, you know, you look at those threes and fours, the things that are getting likelier to happen, and you can budget a little bit of your freakout funds to help either prepare yourself uh, or to mitigate the the outcome of these shit storms, or maybe to head them off at the pass and keep them from happening at all. And of course, those category fives that you know are inevitable uh, are the things that you probably want to spend the bulk of your freakout funds on, again, so that you can be prepared when they occur and so that you can move more quickly into damage control and problem solving and spend less time freaking out about things you can't control, shit that already happened, uh, and more time figuring out how to control the things you can. And let me just give you a few examples of time, energy, and money in action, those freakout funds being spent and potentially wasted uh, on shit you can't control and being spent more wisely on shit you can. So let's say you are currently worried about what if you fail your physics class, okay? And you have applied your probometer to it, to the situation, and you have concluded that it's likely you will fail your physics class or maybe that you'll fail the final exam because you haven't studied yet. So instead of wasting that time worrying about a likely outcome, you could spend that time making flashcards and studying and potentially changing that outcome. Or let's say you've got one shitstorm that already happened, total shitstorm, your dog chewed up your roommate's prized Air Jordans. And now you have another shitstorm on the horizon, which is your roommate's going to come home and find out about it. Um, and you are spending your time and energy pacing around the apartment worrying about that confrontation, when instead you could be pouring your energy into researching obedience schools for your dog. Uh, online shopping to get your roommate a new pair of shoes. You know, these are the kinds of things that you could be doing instead of freaking out to mitigate the fallout from one shitstorm and to proactively solve the problem so that instead of having wasted that energy waiting for your roommate to come home and yell at you, you might actually get a much better reaction from them when they do walk in the door if you can present them with solutions. 
And finally, speaking of spending money to solve your problems, let's say that your hairline is receding a little faster than you'd like. And personally, I got no problem with this. Stanley Tucci, obviously a babe. But you may have been spending a ton of money throwing money away on quacky products that are highly unlikely to actually work to solve what you perceive to be your problem of going bald. So why not instead spend that money from your freak out funds budget on investing in a collection of really cool hats and then you get to become really cool hat guy. And obviously, guys, for the sake of entertainment and universality of message, I'm trying to keep it a little light here. But the fact is that these tools uh, can help really with all kinds of anxieties and worries and potential freakouts that you might be having on scales large and small. You know, you, you look at that probometer, you whip it out, and you categorize this what if. And right away, if you can say to yourself, this is a category one or two, then you need to stop worrying about that. But what you're allowed to do is take that energy that you've got, that time and money that you so desperately seem to want to spend freaking out about something, and redirect it to those what-ifs that are more likely to happen, the shit that is, you know, coming down the pipeline, and maybe you'll be able to actually head it off at the pass or mitigate the fallout or be just better prepared for the inevitability of it when it does happen. And as I said, I walked readers through this in my book, Calm the Fuck Down, with 10 examples from my own life. And some of them will be familiar to you all, and some of them you'll think, why the fuck is she worrying about that? It's not about severity or perceived severity. It's just about likelihood. So, you know, I could find myself consumed with worries every day about whether one of my two trash cats that I adopted from the mean streets of Las Terrenas, Dominican Republic, are going to run off into the night and never come back. Um, If I think about it too hard, then I do worry about that. But also, that's a Category 5 inevitable shitstorm. I mean, I suppose it's possible that the cats could outlive me, but I think we all know that it's inevitable that you're going to lose a pet. I've lost them before. And so what I've chosen to do instead is to funnel my time and energy into enjoying the cats while they're here and my money into preserving their health while I can and just not let that worry about a shitstorm that I have little control over, their inevitable uh, shuffling off this mortal coil, to consume me. Another one of mine was worrying about showing up to a speaking gig and totally bombing. Uh, I've had to do a few of those in my life and I will continue doing them. And, you know, every time I find myself getting all worked up about it and laying awake at night and worrying about the prospect of just falling on my face. But when I sit down and look at it logically and rationally, It has never happened before. I mean, I gave a TEDx talk in front of a thousand people and I nailed it. So while I am not going to exclude the possibility because that would be hubris, I have to admit that that's a category two on the shitstorm scale. That's possible, but not likely. It hasn't happened before. It's not likely to happen again. I'll prepare as best I can, just like studying for that physics final. I'll focus my time and energy on being prepared you know, and hopefully keep that shitstorm at bay. But there's really no point in worrying myself into insomnia over something that is possible but highly unlikely to happen. And all of this stuff, my worries, your worries, past, present, and future, come down to the one question to rule them all. Can I control it? 
So I'm going to dive deeper into that in just a second, but I wanted to remind you guys that if you're looking for any more information about my books or my journals, um, especially the Calm the Fuck Down journal, which will let you go through all of your own what-ifs and write them down and categorize them, uh, you can go to nofucksgivenguides.com and just find everything about me, the work I do, uh, the podcast, the show notes, downloads for things that I might mention, signing up for my newsletter, all that good stuff. Nofucksgivenguides.com. Coming up, the one question to rule them all, can I control it? And if the answer is no, I gotta let it go. You can ask yourself the one question to rule them all about shit that hasn't happened yet or shit that already has. If it hasn't happened yet, if it's still a what-if shitstorm brewing on the radar of your brain, you have a tool now, your trusty probometer, to predict the probability of your problem occurring, and you can narrow it down by likelihood, and you can get rid of those worries about the things that are highly unlikely to occur and focus on What's more likely to occur? You can budget your freakout funds effectively. But you still have to ask yourself, can I control it? If the answer is no, you need to try to let it go. I realize that this is easier said than done. Um, but basically what I'm trying to convey in this episode of the No Fucks Given podcast is that a shift in mindset can work wonders. Shifting from things you can't control and focusing on things you can control Shifting from things that are unlikely to happen and focusing on things that are likely to happen is a way for you to conserve your time, energy, and money and spend it as wisely as possible under the circumstances. Also, letting go of a worry, letting go of something you can't control begins with accepting the reality of your situation. I'm not saying that you have to be happy about whatever shitstorm is coming or just happened to you. I'm not saying that you have to pretend like it doesn't bother you. I'm not even saying that you can't yell and scream and cry about it. But you do have to accept the reality of your situation because then and only then can you move forward to making things better or at least to putting them behind you once and for all. Case in point, I cannot control my neighbor's barking dog. Uh, I've done everything within my power to control my environment while recording this podcast, but if you just heard a dog barking a couple moments ago, it's because I have no control over when that dog decides to bark its fucking head off, and if I'm in the middle of a really good thought, I am not going to stop and let the dog tire itself out before I keep going. That's a Category 5 inevitable shitstorm around here, guys, and there's nothing I can do about it. Just gotta let go of that worry and move forward. Okay, so moving on, what we've done so far is we've taken all of these worries and what-ifs about shit that hasn't even happened yet, and we've culled them. You've used your probometer, and you've determined which ones are highly unlikely, possible, but still unlikely to happen, and you've set those aside. And you have your threes, fours, and fives left. And this is when you ask yourself, okay, what's my status? Is this an outlying shitstorm or is it imminent? Is this something you should turn your attention to sooner rather than later? Again, either trying to prevent it or just mitigate the inevitable fallout. Um, and this is all about prioritizing by urgency. Again, one of my favorite things to do. 
And finally, if your status check reveals that it's a total shitstorm, it's one that's already happened yet, then obviously you can't control it because it already happened. All you can control is your reaction to it and your next steps. So you ask yourself at any point in this process the one question to rule them all. Can I control it? If the answer is no, you gotta let it go. You let it go by accepting the reality of your situation because that is what enables you to move forward. And now we're going to shift your mindset from freaking out about shit you can't control to acting on the shit you can control. At least then all those freak out funds you're spending, that time, energy, and money are going to count for something, which I am also going to address in the NFG tip of the week. So listen to the end of the episode for that. But meanwhile, I want to talk about getting your control freak on and the four types of control you may or may not be able to exert over any given shitstorm. The first variety of control you may or may not be able to exert over any given shitstorm is nothing. Zero. It is out of your hands and you have to accept that. You cannot control other people's feelings. You cannot control the weather. You cannot control the number of hours in any given day, okay? So when it's out of your hands, when the answer to the one question to rule them all, can I control it, is no, you have to let it go. The second type of control that you could exert is what I call making a contribution. You can't control the underlying problem. For example, you can't control the weather, but you can do things to minimize its effect on you if it turns bad. You can remember to take your umbrella. You can go out and buy yourself some galoshes. You can work a rain date into the planning of a major event just in case. Okay, so that's make a contribution. You can't control the underlying uh, circumstances, but you can contribute toward your own preparation for dealing with them. The third level of control is what I call under your influence, okay? This is heavily, heavily under your influence and not completely within your control, but when I talked about not being able to control the weather and you make a contribution toward a potential shitstorm, or I guess in this case a, an actual storm, by making sure that you have an umbrella on you, um, that's a contribution you can make toward uh, an event that is largely out of your control. But when I say that something is under your influence, that means that you are almost fully in charge of avoiding a bad outcome. So for example, if you have a big meeting or a flight to catch in the morning, if you're like me, you have a lot of anxiety over making sure that you get up on time. You don't want anything to derail this and you have all of these what ifs in your head about, you know, what if the power goes out in the middle of the night and my alarm clock resets. Um, yes, this is the kind of thing I worry about. So logically and rationally, you look at that and you ask yourself, can I control it? Well, perhaps you cannot control the power going out, but if you're that worried about it, you can heavily influence the outcome of you getting up on time by setting multiple backup alarms on different devices. If you're staying at a hotel, you can ask them to give you a wake-up call. Even if you're just at home and you have a father like I do who's always up at 4.30 in the morning anyway, you could ask him to call you. There are ways that you can heavily influence the negative outcome that you're so worried about instead of spending all that time and energy working yourself up into an insomniac lather, making everything harder than it needs to be tomorrow anyway. 
um, you know, you could go to sleep with some peace of mind. So that is under your influence. And the final category of ways that you may be able to control an outcome is complete control. These are the things that you are definitely in complete control of, like the words that come out of your mouth and whether or not you put on pants before you leave your house. We all need to take some personal responsibility over our anxiety and our worries. So if there are things that you have complete control over that you could exert that control and eliminate the possibility of a poor outcome, then do it. Control it. So for example, uh, you know, what if you are worrying about giving your friend Rachel your honest opinion about the bangs that she just had cut in post-pandemic and whether she's going to be mad at you? Well, you have complete control over the words that come out of your mouth, so choose them wisely. Maybe don't say anything and then she can't possibly be mad at you. Or let's look at a more serious, potentially more consuming situation, which is, you know, the fact of having aging parents. This is certainly a common thread for people of my generation. I'm in my early 40s. My parents and my friends' parents are in their 70s at this point. And I definitely spend a lot of freakout funds on the prospect of, you know, what if my aging parents fall apart? The fact of aging is not something that I can control and certainly not the fact of someone else's aging, but I can make a contribution. I can do that in terms of my own peace of mind uh, and I can do it in terms of helping them with anything that might come along in the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years that might otherwise have made the, their lives more difficult than it needed to because I spent a few freakout funds helping them with it on the front end. So I hope this is making sense to you guys, the concept of asking yourself if you can control it, if you can't, letting it go, and if you can, breaking it down into another of my favorite things, small manageable chunks, and really laser focusing in on what you can do to control the aspects of a situation or the aftermath of a situation that you can. And with that, we are getting tantalizingly close to the NFG tip of the week. But first, I just want to recap some of the stuff we already talked about in this episode. Uh, started out with a mini discussion about anxiety and how you may not think you have it. You may not suffer from clinical ongoing anxiety like I do and so many people do. But you do have stress and worries and mini obsessions about problems that are happening in your day-to-day -day life, large and small. So I'm hoping that this week's episode of the podcast can help you deal with those. And again, no judgments on the severity. What's hard for you might be easy for me and vice versa. What we're trying to get across here is whatever the case, whatever's about to happen, whatever might happen or whatever did happen, can you control it? If you can't control it, then it is not a productive use of your freakout funds to be worrying about it. Uh, shit that hasn't happened yet is not necessarily something that you want to spend your time, energy, and money worrying about. So we've measured its likelihood using your probometer, the probability of your problem occurring, and identifying a number one through five on the Serenite shitstorm scale, which goes from highly unlikely to inevitable. 
if it's a one or two, then why are you worrying about it? Really, why? And if it's a three, four, or a five, what's your status? Is it an outlying shitstorm? Is it imminent? That's going to help you answer the question of whether you need to be worrying about it now. Prioritize by urgency. What's your status? And ultimately, ask yourself the one question to rule them all. Can I control it? If you can make a contribution, if it's heavily under your influence, or if the answer is yes, I have complete control over this thing, then spend your freakout funds, your time, energy, and money exerting that control. As to shit that's already happened, if it's a total shitstorm on your hands, okay, you couldn't stop it happening. It already did. But what can you do to control your reaction? What can you do to control the aftermath? How can you make it better after the fact? And once more, with feeling, I am not trying to tell you that everything doesn't suck. You know, a bad thing's happened to you, a shitstorm has made landfall, and it's terrible, and that's true. Um, And you should feel however you want to feel about it, but you also need to accept the reality of the situation. Accepting the things you can't control is the only way you're going to be able to let them go and move forward. That said, my little fucklings, I do have some more specific tips about letting it go, and I'm going to save those for next week because they are slightly more dependent on what kind of a freaker outer you are. So on next week's No Fucks Given podcast, I'm going to talk about the four faces of freaking out and what you can do to let it go depending on which freak out face you are experiencing. For now, here is my NFG tip of the week. Phew. That was not a sound I made to indicate my excitement over being at this point in the show. That was actually the acronym, PHEW, P-H-E-W, for what I call Productive, Helpful, Effective Worrying. The whole episode has been building up to this tip. You know, first I talked about conserving your freakout funds, not spending them on those Category 1 and 2 shitstorms. But then you got to learn how to convert your freakout funds, how to exert control over the things you can. You've stopped freaking out about the stuff you can't, and now you've turned your mind toward productive, helpful, effective worrying. You just can't stop thinking about something. You just can't stop yanking on that thread on your unraveling sweater. Fine, take action. Make it count for something. Solve the problem instead of making it worse. Productive, helpful, effective worrying is when you ensure that any freakout funds you might be spending in advance of a shitstorm occurring on shit that hasn't even happened yet are going toward either potentially sending that shitstorm out to sea or mitigating the damage, mitigating the fallout for you, or setting yourself up to withstand an inevitable total shitstorm and being able to move on that much more quickly in the aftermath. So for example, let's say that you are about to make a big investment spending thousands of dollars painting your house, the outside of your house, and you've chosen a color, and you're worried, you're laying awake at night, 
concerned that the color you have picked is not going to look good on a large scale and you are going to have wasted all of this time, energy, and money that you put in to your home renovation project. Okay, the solution here is not to lay awake at night. The solution is to get an app or an online simulator, they exist, and input that color. You can get those specific Benjamin Moore colors and you can put them into a program and it'll show you what it's going to look like on a grand scale. You don't have to depend on looking at that little swatch, that little paint stick, or that one square foot of of the back of your house that you painted to see what it was going to look like. You can actually plug that info in, get the big picture, and make a decision, an informed decision, and stop worrying that you're going to have wasted all of that money painting your house some hideous shade. And by the way, the same goes for a drastic change in hair color. There is totally an app for that. Or maybe you could go and try on some wigs in a store. Productive, helpful, effective worrying. Or another example, maybe your 25th wedding anniversary is coming up and you're just agonizing over whether you're getting the right thing for your wife. She's your queen. You love her so much and you want her to be happy And you're just so worried that you're making the wrong decision on whatever token of your love you want to present her with. So what you can do is consult a trusted friend. Um, You can gather some intel. You can ask somebody to sneakily find out from your wife whether she prefers gold or silver or platinum. And as I'm saying it, I'm realizing this is kind of a sexist and materialistic example, and it shouldn't matter what gift you give your wife. Uh, She should love you anyway. And this is in no way a passive-aggressive subliminal messaging of any sort to my husband who's really good at picking out gifts. Um, But you see where I'm going with this. If there's something that you just can't stop worrying about, even if I were to come on here and tell you, Stop worrying about that. That's ridiculous. Your wife's going to love you anyway. We don't need to depend on material items to prove our love to one another. You're still worrying about it. You haven't been able to let it go. So fine. Channel those worries into productive, effective action. Productive, helpful, effective worrying. A supremely practical NFG tip of the week and also an awesome acronym. And that's a wrap on week 10 of the No Fucks Given podcast. Thank you again so much for listening. As I said, coming up in season one, I'm going to do a little bit more about anxiety and practical tips for surviving it, no matter where on the spectrum you may fall. And there's also going to be another monthly You Asked For It audio advice column coming up in a couple of weeks. This is a segment I do where I take listener questions and I answer them in my best no-nonsense, no-fucks-given style. You can listen to episode four or episode eight of the podcast to hear the ones I've already done. And if you like what you hear and you're interested in having me answer your question, you can email podcast at nofucksgivenguides.com. I read all of the submissions and get to as many as I can in each You Asked For It episode. Um, also, if you liked what you heard today and you wouldn't mind throwing me a rating or a review on your service of choice, it really helps with discoverability of the podcast. And if you already subscribe, that's awesome. I love you. You're my favorite. If you don't, all you have to do is click the subscribe button again on your streaming service of choice. 
and then the No Fucks Given podcast will get automatically delivered to your listening device and you won't have to worry about missing an episode. I know I'm worried about you missing an episode. So please subscribe, rate, and review if you can. I really appreciate it. And until next week, I'm Sarah Knight. No fucks given, not sorry. Sorry.